0: The rugby news cycle has been working overtime this week across all levels and jurisdictions of the sport. The NPC being described as not fit for purpose by the sports boss in New Zealand. Feels like an age ago when you consider the Iron Farrell debacle and Eddie Jones travelling circus we've been living through this morning. Uh, Whether for purpose or not, we have another round of the NPC to get into this weekend uh, though with a tasty battle uh, of the bridge. I love that battle. The battle of the bridge in Auckland tomorrow afternoon as a centrepiece. There's no confusion where uh, James Parsons' loyalties lie, of course. Uh, Rich history with uh, North Harbour. Over 100 games for them and the Blues as well. Uh, So when it comes to uh, this particular clash Uh, We've got to catch up with him because uh, he's pretty passionate about it. James, good morning to you. Morning, Smithy. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm pretty damn good, mate. Hell of a week in rugby, and uh, we haven't seen a lot played so far. Well, I mean, you have been over the years an advocate for, um, you know, uh, being very, very careful about the head area and the the game. Um, It's been one of your passions. What have you made of this Farrell saga? And it seems like it might get the right come after all.
1: Yeah, I suppose. the best way to look at it is sort of sticking to the facts of the process that the refs go through um, and, and in a two-man tackle which is what they considered this one to be with Jamie George obviously um, putting a, I, I suppose a brief touch not a not a massive amount of impact on the Welsh player um, and so the first thing they go obviously is their head contact I think that's pretty clear that there was you know the second stage they ask if there's foul play and, and that's a, a yes in the instance that Owen Farrell was upright. So obviously, we look for that sort of hinging at the hips for dipping um, as, as you try to make a tackle. So definitely foul play. And then once that's sort of answered, uh, you know, they ask the question of what level of danger and, and you know, direct shoulder to head um, or head on head is, is considered high. And then we're. I suppose Farrell and his um, representatives have made a case that the original panel, um, you know, agreed with, is, you know, when, it, when there's a two-man tackle, the question around mitigation is, you know, did the original tackler, which is Jamie George in this situation, change the dynamic of the tackle late enough to put Owen Farrell um, in a position he didn't expect? So if that's the case, then it goes obviously as um, a yellow card. Um, and and that's where they went with and downgraded it. But I think obviously, uh, World Rugby um, have have challenged that because um, you know most people sort of agree that the dynamic of the tackle didn't change, um, you know, late or dramatically enough um, that you know sort of put on Farrell in a position he didn't expect to. So um, they'll go back to I, I suppose the table and, and you know we'll we'll find out um, the results of that moving forward.
0: I think the deeper issue, as well, James, is the fact that this is his fifth time in front of the beak. In fact, when he goes back for the appeal, that'll be his sixth time. I mean, that is just way too many. Um, you know, to consider him being unlucky.
1: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, that's probably why everyone sort of reacted the way they they have. Um, you know, it's not about the individual, but if you look at you know the history and, and it's been well documented, he is uh, brings a lot of attention because he's a quality player and captain of England, um, you know, that's probably where the surprise was. Um, So, yeah, I I think history is a big thing, but also um, if you look back on the other instances, he has actually been quite remorseful in the moment in terms of that care for the player that you know, has been hit whereas on this occasion he, he seemed to get quite heated and you know it, it, it's probably just frustration at himself um, you know that he reacted that way but um, you know the panel will will definitely consider that as well
0: right let's get on to uh, more pleasant matters of course and that is uh, the Battle of the bridge at 205 to tomorrow afternoon uh, taking it back uh, to the people really I suppose I, I, I like the venue and I, I've always loved this encounter
1: Oh, it's it's a it's a great game. It's um, you know sort of a, a a game, you know, when when we were struggling as as harbour, as you know, we sort of knew we could bring our community with us if if we could pick up, um, you know, the battle. The bridge uh, means a lot to both sides, um, and I, I just think, you know, there is always obviously harbour being the underdog and the little brother, and and you know, knowing the harbour harbour squad, they'll they'll be leaning into that this week and. Um, you know, looking to punch above their weight, and, and you know, I think they've proven um, a number of people wrong with their uh, performance of the first two weeks against some quality sides, not getting the results. But um, yeah, there's plenty of fight in them, and you know, Auckland's you know stacked with talent, um, and you know, they just sort of finding their, their feet at the moment. Big uh, comeback, comeback win uh, against Bayer Plenty, and um, a slip up against Tasman So both sides, plenty to play for.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one actually I think Auckland uh, have been a bit underwhelming Already early on in the piece They got out of jail against the Bay of Plenty uh, Couldn't do it against Tasman So I think for both sides actually In terms of uh, the competition this season It's pretty crucial More than just the feel about it
1: Oh, it's massive Um, You know, if you go Sort of one and two for Auckland And if you go and three for Harbour It it, it makes the mountain um, Fairly hard to climb um, I, you know, and, and home games are massive um, So probably more pressure on Harbour um, To get this result um, In the sense of, of the season and, and, you know, their second game at home um, But I mean, you know, from my point of view um, It's just great to see that their home grounds back at Oniwa um, I think those sorts of grounds can play a, a big role in, in the evolution of MPC
0: Right, let's uh, look at um, you know, and, and that's a good point You, of course, co-host of the Rugby Pass um, with, uh, Bryn Hall and, uh, and Ross Carla. And you talk through a number of issues all the time. And I'm sure this is going to be an ongoing one. The future of, uh, the NPC and the venues that they're going to play at. And Mark Robinson, of course, has come out and has said there's too much money being spent at the top by a lot of provinces and trying to win the NPC, which I find interesting because if there's no incentive to win it as such, where you don't make that a priority, how do the players feel about that?
1: I think, I mean, Smither, you'll know you've been a player yourself at at, um, sort of national level. Um, You know, if you're turning up and you're not wanting to win... um I just—you're you, not going to survive in the professional sporting arena. So, um, you know, it may be looked at differently in, in front offices, but from a player's point of view, um, every time you cross that white line, you know, to be to be honest, every time you cross the white line at training, it's it's you um, against you know someone else that wants your jersey. So you know, players are competitors, and and I don't see that changing. And and there's a lot of love uh, for MPC You know, like um, people, um, you know, and playing for it it's it's a little bit more free um, it's a little bit more unstructured so um, it's fun to play it's fun to view and, and I definitely feel it has its place um, in, in New Zealand rugby and yeah I'd be disappointed if, if it fell by the wayside.
0: We have, to, um, we have to be honest about it, though, and, and for some reason, uh, people just aren't going. Um, you know, you, you had a rich history, you, know, you played in an era where crowds were a lot more substantial than they are now, James. Now, I just wonder uh, about addressing this issue, and as you say, the boutique grounds may become um, a bit more in vogue now. Yeah, I think they
1: have to. Uh, I totally agree with you, like, um, you know if you stay the same it's, it's going to get the same results so um, you know there has been slight innovation um, throughout the years but um, you know I suppose there's a lot more on offer for, for the public to sort of you know decide to where, where they put their disposable income and, and you know somehow we, we need to put our heads together and, and come up with a product that um, you know draws the attention of the people and the communities that these teams represent um, and it I suppose the, the main point, though, is totally agree that you know it may need to look different, but it, it will always have its place. In my personal opinion, um, in our rugby landscape.
0: James, you've also had a, a really rich history with the Blues as well, and they're now surmising, or perhaps we or speculating—I say is probably the better word—that uh, the Blues might have to look away from Eden Park because of costs and, and you know crowd sizes, etc. That almost seems unthinkable. I can't think of anywhere else in Auckland which would be suitable. I suppose, apart from maybe Mount Smart, or I, I, it just seems to me, has it got to this point?
1: Yeah, I'm not too sure. Like, um, I suppose the Blues normally, I suppose in my time, it, you know, sort of averaged around sort of that seventeen thousand to twenty thousand, and um, it doesn't look a hell of a lot, obviously in Eden Park. But again, it is, you know, I suppose the mecca. Um, in terms of rugby grounds for the history of the game and, and obviously connected to the blues um, you know would be disappointing to move away but it, it is a business at the end of the day and um, you know if it's not financially viable then you know they have to look at these solution and that's why uh, people are in these roles um, but as a fan and as a, as a past player um, you know you'd love to see it stay in Eden park um, but also that might give the opportunity. Um, As I see, I think one game's already going to Northland. Um, You know, there's obviously a number of Northland players within that squad and and getting back to those communities. And and I know that, you know, especially a a large South African contingent in the North Shore, whenever I played there, you know, we we got good numbers at Albany Stadium, uh, especially if we're playing a South African side. Um, So there there are options there, but um, I think you're right. You know, you, you sort of do expect... Um, to see them back there next year.
0: Now that uh, all squads have pretty much been finalised for uh, the World Cup, I think there's still a little bit of tinkering to be done up north with a couple of their squads. But um, in terms of the All Blacks, uh, I'm sure you've discussed this on, on your show as well, but uh, I just want The scrum side of things, are you, are you confident? Um, you know, the, the number one unit looks pretty damn good, but are you confident with the, f- the fact that we can compete uh, with the big the, the big boys, uh, Island of France up north.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I do. I, I think I've I've grown in confidence as well, and I think you know a lot of people have felt the same. And, and I certainly think if you look at the team and, and the um, the management team and the All Blacks, they've grown in confidence throughout this um, rugby championship. And I, and I think um, what was displayed off the bench um, by Tonga Fasi, um, Takiaho, and um, Newell uh, against the Wallabies, um, you know, really showed a tough, uncompromising one-two punch um, in, in, I suppose, the set piece, but also the breakdown areas to to fight their way back um, to get that result in Dunedin. So um, I think there's, there's, you know, really good competition within the squad. Uh, that starting uh, front row is, is going extremely well, but... I don't think they can rest on their laurels. Um, you know, I think the, the impact of you know Yule um, as well coming back from injury. He, he's a he's a key cog. Um, you know, especially if if they can keep utilizing off the bench. Very similar to what the Springboks do with, with Malcolm Marx and um, Kitsoff. Um, you know, like they, they are brought in early in the second half and and they do some serious damage against teams that you know sort of change their front row a little bit later.
0: Cody Taylor, your starter at the moment. Yeah, I think, I think it's been working well.
1: Um, you know, Summersoni is, is such a handful um, at the start of the game, but even more so um, with ball in hand, um, you know, and, and similar to Mark's. You know, like, it's hard sometimes I'll, I'll agree to comprehend that he comes off the bench, um, and, and I think Summersoni's had a, had a massive year in, in his form, you know, warrants him to be pushing for a start, but it just seems to work really well for the 23 um, in that rotation.
0: James Parsons, uh, terrific to catch up for you. Uh, do you have an opportunity to go along tomorrow?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm I'm commentating uh, Canterbury Manawa too, so unfortunately not. Oh. I'll be watching it uh, uh, on the Sky Go. They
0: didn't give you your home game. <laughs> I
1: know, mate. I know. I was hanging out, <laughs> hanging out for it on my list, but not to be. they seen in the big time. Uh, uh,
0: just who's, who's, who's before we let you go? Who's who's um, who's uh, Impressed you of uh, in the early stages of the NPC?
1: Oh, I think they have plenty. I know they lost that game against Auckland, but I think you know they, they've shown um, some some real depth. I think Hawke's Bay um, has has shown, you know, I suppose the fight. But I go back two years and Taranaki were obviously in that division. Um, you know, I think it's called the championship back there, and, and didn't lose a game and. Um, they're looking quite the force um, early on As long as they can stay injury free Their main sort of 23 and and Caelan um Is playing the house down and, and lead, leading um, extremely well So I think Taranaki are, are, are well placed currently But the, the big boys are yet to fire. I think Canterbury haven't been with a normally at And Auckland haven't either So you've, you've got to think they'll gather momentum at some point
0: James, as I said, always great to catch up with you, mate. Love your work you're doing on Sky and all the very best with your commentary future as well. Thanks for your time, mate. Cheers, Smithy, Likewise.